Hello and welcome to the Stenix podcast. My name is Dennis and I'm your host. And today I'm here with David, our coach and physiotherapist and co-host. Hello, everybody. Today is a very, very special episode and we will talk about the secrets of the planche. In today's episode, we will mostly cover the biomechanics and anatomy of the planche, talk about our personal history with this movement. And in the next episode we'll have about the planche, we'll talk about progressions and how to periodize the training for the planche um, in detail. So if you wanna see more episodes like this, just share the podcast, give us a like, so we're motivated to do more. So now that that is out of the way, we'll just start about with a little history lesson. So where does the planche actually come from and what is the planche? Okay, let's start right away. So the planche uh, originates uh, from gymnastic where it is classified as a B or C uh, skill. Uh, mostly done on the rings uh, in more complex, often seen more uh, in more complex ring routines. Uh, and to actually get there, you start on the floor. Uh, yeah, this uh, move, because it looks so iconic, it's uh, later on with other gymnastic movements, like, for example, the front lever, uh, taken by calisthenics athletes um, uh, back in the start of calisthenics uh, in, for example, uh, the parks of New York, where it uh, later down the road, um, yeah, kind of got from sets and reps uh, and the classic legends you all know uh, into a more complex uh, sport. Uh, where it mostly fused with those uh, gymnastic skills. Yeah, exactly. To... I think it's like it was like an evolution. The people started working out in the parks, doing everything with their body weight. And with time, yeah. it just got easier and easier. And they, they searched for more and found their answer in the gymnastic movements, which, which are like, yeah, you start with a push-up and then you just evolve to, to yeah. keeping your legs up at a certain point. Yeah, even back in the day, uh, you could see there were uh, done mostly some bent arm planches uh, and push-ups there. Uh, so it's just uh, was at that time also just the uh, next progression, you could say, uh, to make exercises uh, with your own body weight harder than before. So how does a planche look like? The planche is basically uh, an exercise uh, similar to the push-up with straight arms and the feet elevated. Your body is in a straight line and the, the shoulders strongly protracted, your elbows locked out, and yeah, the feet in the air. Yeah. That's basically what a planche looks like. One thing, maybe, uh, um, this is not defined in gymnastics, but we here at Stanix usually teach the planche with a posterior pelvic tilt too, just because it looks nicer from uh, a line. In, in the gymnastics, uh, it's not part of the ratings, even though if you're 
back is completely hanging through, uh, you get less points for that for sure. Exactly. So, so moving on, we already talked about one. Um, mistakes in the planche and your personal journey with the planche. I think those two go hand in hand for, for everyone who tried to, to learn the movement. Um, how did you start off? What were the most common mistakes you made when trying to learn it? Yeah, so in short, I started out with no prior uh, straight arm strength, but uh, a very long gym background. So I, I had to start in like the bent arm crow. That was the first progression. And uh, since 2019, progressed to now holding a solid two to three seconds straddle planche, um, using mostly the um, most known and, and common uh, progressions with some steps in between uh, advanced tuck and straddle planche. And I'm currently uh, trying to bridge the gap uh, between straddle planche and full planche. Um, yeah, that's it in short. This is uh, my current uh, planche state. Uh, Dennis, at the other hand, uh, is quite a bit uh, advanced in this movement. Tell, tell me about your yeah, uh, so story. I, I started off training planche, I think, uh, almost six or seven years ago. Uh, the first two years of training, I mostly did basic movements and only then found out about these skills that some people in Italy and, uh, and Russia were doing, and they fascinated me. And so I just started off uh, with, uh, with the tuck planche, I think, and planche leans. And since I had decent genetics, I managed to, to move forward. I actually completely ignored the advanced tuck planche as a progression, which was a big mistake and went directly to the straddle, actually starting from like the handstand into the straddle because there were like tons of tutorials online that told you that that was the best option uh, to do so. And so I did. And um, I kept like while going down, first of all, losing my shoulder blades and second of all, bending my arms, which probably are the two most common mistakes we find How in the planche. How could you, Dennis? How could yeah, how you? How could I? <laughs> the the big coach Dennis yeah um, and uh, yeah my my planche looked like crap honestly uh, I mean I could hold my feet up in the air for quite some time my hips were pretty piked and my arms were always slightly bent and um, this bent arm problem um, I kept for years and years and years and I'm still fighting uh, with it just because once you get used to a movement and don't condition it probably from the beginning, it's very difficult to get away from it. And you really have to start completely uh, at the beginning again. Okay. This, this is a nice transition to our next point, uh, which is what are the most common mistakes? And you actually tackled uh, quite a few there. So yeah. bent arms uh, is quite a common mistake, um, as well as not strongly protracted uh, shoulders. Uh, a short note there, strongly protracted doesn't mean that you look like uh, a hunchback. 
uh, you just need to protract your shoulder blades. Uh, that is separately seen um, uh, from the spine. Uh, your spine doesn't have to be super rounded. Uh, this is mostly uh, for as done for aesthetic reasons. Um, when shoulder blades are strongly protracted, there is no need to flex your uh, spine that much. Yeah. Usually when you put some depression in your shoulders, you fix that. But we'll get more on that later. Uh, I think other, other very common mistakes uh, besides that are probably the anterior pelvic tilt or having uh, like bent legs or not really extending them completely, not activating the glutes, having zero activation in the core area. I think these are, these are the, the things you see most of the time. And yeah. I kind of had them all. Another very, very common one is uh, to shorten the leverage by keeping your hip very high mm -hmm. and uh, piking the hips, mm -hmm. um, which is another good transition to our next point, which is when we speak about the planche, we have to have a basic understanding of the biomechanic of levers in general. So a planche, uh, like other levers, is an isometric, isometrically hold uh, exercise. So this means the force you generate with your muscle is equal to gravity. So you do not move in one direction and gravity doesn't pull you in the other direction. So you are very steady. In reality, of course, it's uh, kind of a fight between those two between your powering your muscles and keeping you up and gravity pulling you down. Um, yeah. And so you always have uh, a certain mass that is um, uh, kept down by gravity and you have like the motor, which is uh, trying to opposite uh, the, those forces. In this case, uh, mostly your front delt muscles, your biceps, uh, and your wrists are trying to fight gravity and your head can be seen as a counterweight that's, uh, helping you, uh, because it's in front of your pivot points, which are the shoulders and the elbows, and you have the mass, which is just being dragged down by gravity. So this is your uh, torso and your legs, of course. And like I said, the pivot point in the shoulders is uh, where the forces are basically fighting with each other. So your front delt is trying to hold against gravity. I hope that was... Uh, Understandable. I don't want to make it uh, too complicated, but uh, in a basic general sense, this is what you need to know uh, to understand the basics of the planche. Yeah. And understand especially why this, this movement is so extremely hard. Um, when, when, when you see it like, and why it makes sense that if, for example, you have bigger legs and train legs too, the movement gets exponentially 
uh, more difficult and why genetics plays such a big role in this movement. Just because if it's, um, if the movement, like if you have favorable levers, it will be 10 times easier if you don't. And that's why the differences between one person learning it in a very short time and another one taking years and years to learn it are extremely common here. What can we expect? Uh, how, how much time does it take uh, yeah. to learn it? Uh, this is a very common question. And this is answered by the biomechanics and uh, your own anthropometrics or so your own anatomy. How long are your limbs? How heavy are your legs? How, uh, um, how tall are you in general? And uh, how much training experience do you have prior to uh, starting out with the planche? Exactly. So th those are the most important uh, factors to consider because it will determine how fast you are with progressing. And yeah, there are huge differences. Um, so can you give a time span? Yeah. How long? So and coming back maybe to to the story of how I learned the planche, I think we got stuck on, on the mistakes I used to do. And now we can pass to the how we corrected them. Uh, actually, I had a pretty good base. And I think I was planching for about three years before I got a coach, Leo De, uh, who is a coach here at Stanix 2. And he knew already much more about periodization and form. And once he gave me the right uh, way to train it, and how to understand the right activation, everything went pretty quickly from there. So in just three to four months, I could hold a full blanche. So in total, for me, it was about a four-year journey. Uh, it could have been much shorter. And the time span we usually give is like from one to five years. Even though one year can be, if you're not conditioned to hold this movement, extremely, extremely short for it. So people that learn it so quickly often run into overuse injuries, not in the muscles, but more in the tendons, just because they take years to adapt. So learning the planche in two to three years is not a shame, but it's actually a good way to do, do it sustainable over time. I would say it's, I think, a very common time span, considering um, all factors, uh, especially regarding injury. Uh, injury is oftentimes um, a very time-consuming thing uh, and very common in planche too. Uh, for me, uh, I started out at the beginning of 2019, so uh, two years, uh, I would say three years uh, that I uh, trained for the planche uh, very consequently uh, with an injury in between. And uh, as I said, only now holding straddle planche and trying to bridge the gap to full planche. So I think it could have been much shorter as well, but I had, uh, I dared to train legs in the meantime. Yeah, so, you did. And uh, also not being uh, the shortest, not being the lightest, but also not the tallest and heaviest too. 
but something in between which also slowed down the progress yeah so as you can see it can take a lot of time yeah and it's not a shame it's an extremely complex movement it comes from the gymnastics they start with five they condition themselves for over 10 to 12 years before even thinking about this movement and we in calisthenics try to just pick it up from nothing so um it's absolutely fair and it's good to really take your time doing it being happy about the little steps and it's a lot about understanding activations and then getting stronger and understanding activations takes a different amount of time for every person um so i think to to conclude it these are the reasons why it's so difficult to give a realistic time frame uh for someone to learn it yeah Everyone hates this answer. It's individual. It's uh, not helping uh, very much to, but you can't be precise about it as well because there's so much individual factors that uh, comes along with it. So there only can be uh, given time spans from one to maybe four, yeah. five years. Depends. Um, yeah. Also, the last uh, thing I wanted to say uh, is conditioning of your tendons is a very important factor we have to consider as well because your muscles adapt very fast. Uh, strength is usually something that comes very fast, um, but your tendons take uh, years to uh, get strong enough to withstand uh, the stresses you put them under. So a gradual increase uh, is oftentimes much needed when progressing the planche. So this will take a, lo a lot of time and uh, one has to consider tendon health, of course, because injury will ultimately just lead to a delay, uh, a much longer delay. Yeah. Good. Now that all the introduction talk is out of the way, we will start with the anatomy. And first of all, we'll start from the breasts and then move our way up to elbows, biceps, triceps, shoulder, everything, every muscle, um, an articulation that is important for this movement. So wrists, what position do, do we uh, use to start with the planche? What's the most comfortable one? What do you think, David? Um, so that depends if you use parallels or the floor. So when you uh, start uh, on the floor, you want to turn your hands outward uh, 45 degrees or so uh, because a lot of wrist extension is needed for the planche on uh, the floor and you can reduce the stress on the wrists when you turn them outward a little bit. I would suggest to start out on parallels and building yeah. your foundation there because on your uh, P-bars, you have a lot less stress on the wrist. 
uh, because it's in a different position, which requires less amounts of yeah. uh, wrist extension. And the P-bar is gripped in a neutral way, like not supine or prone. There will be time for variations in the future, but when you start off and learn using a neutral grip, it's just favorable because um, you can you put less stress on the bicep or brachioradialis generally, which is uh, one of the muscles where you need a long time to, like, it needs a long time to adapt to the stress you put on it. And generally you can put a bit more force on the forearms and make your life easier that way. Yeah. Also, uh, you when you, for example, supinate uh, the parallels, you uh, have much more strain on the biceps and also you take your wrist muscles more out of the equation so you have exactly. more stretch on them as well so now only the shoulder muscles are able to uh, help you in the movement uh, which leads leads us to the next muscle group your biceps and triceps maybe one thing to add before we go to the bicep and triceps is one of the uh most common injuries we, we find in the planche in the beginning is uh, forearm pain or uh, this typical release pain. And that's a question we get asked many, many times, like, or many clients that get in the coaching have in the beginning uh, because um, of two factors. One, the training volume usually is not adequate. They train too much, too often, and don't recover enough. And second of all, they put a lot of strain on their forearms when going into the planche and they fall out right away. So you go from 100% tension to 0% tension in half a second. And that is what usually causes the pain. Um, by doing a few exercises, wrist mobilization, um, and working like on the flexor muscles and just having an adequate volume and letting the parallels, this is the most important point, go very slowly when exiting the planche can uh, avoid a lot of pain. So I think that before we, we move on to the next muscle is a point that yeah. many, many people are interested in. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's a very good uh, addition because it is a very common uh, complaint, uh, which by the way, when uh, you get stronger, uh, will eventually just... Uh, get used to it and it will yeah. stop and never occur um, when you don't uh, just increase your training volume suddenly. Okay. Biceps and triceps. Let's go, David. Let's go. So your biceps uh, is a very important muscle in the planche uh, because what uh, a lot of people don't know is your biceps actually um, comes from the shoulder. So it has uh, a function uh, to the shoulder joint as well uh, and helps you with holding the planche. That's and also that's the, the reason, head, right? That's the long head, exactly. Uh, that's also why when you see a lot of uh, gymnasts, uh, they, especially the ones that perform on rings, has gigantic biceps and Dennis as well, of course. <laughs> Not that yeah. gigantic, sadly. 
Uh, other than that, um, your biceps is in a stretched position. So keep in mind, you have very high stress on uh, your proximal and uh, distal insertion. So your biceps attaches uh, down from the elbow. Um, this is where a lot of people sometimes uh, feel discomfort or uh, in the front of the shoulder uh, in your um yeah in in front of the shoulder yeah front so, delt area somewhere somewhere exactly here. right um you're there isn't too much to say about the triceps it's mostly uh, has a stabilizing function in this case uh and uh, will keep your elbows nice and locked i think uh, the, the important point to make is if you bend your arms, you will use more triceps and it will make the movement easier. If you're completely locked out, it will just have a stabilizing function and it will look good in the planche because you are like extended completely, but it's not doing much there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So a muscle that does much though is the shoulder. Yeah, exactly. The shoulder is... Uh basically the powerhouse of the planche. So uh, all shoulder flexors um, are the ones that will uh, keep you up against gravity. Uh, your chest muscles help with that as well, um, especially the upper part. Um, yeah, so having stronger front shoulders uh, will definitely help you with holding a good planche. This is also why you can see in ring gymnasts, they have gigantic, massive shoulders, especially the front of the shoulder is massive. So that's, uh, I think, all there is to say. The stronger, yeah. the better. And the stronger, uh, the better. Yeah. Um, I think we will talk a lot more about uh, this topic on uh, how specific you have to be with training um, this area and how to much how much you have to train planche directly in our next episode uh, when we talk about the programming but now for now um, for the anatomy part that's all there is to know yeah more interesting are the shoulder blades i think so the shoulder blades is probably one like the thing that's talked about the most in the planche and two where there are the most misconceptions so first of all by definition a planche is executed with slightly protracted scapulas that's you, just the definition yeah you try to uh protract as much as your uh, anatomy allows it and um a very important muscle that um a lot of people uh, maybe don't know is the serratus anterior. This is uh, one of the main shoulder protractors. And um, I would suggest to just look it up on Google to know, <laughs> to, to basically know where uh, it is. Um, it originates from the ribs and attaches to your shoulder blade. And I think it can really help to uh, see this muscle uh, work to understand the planche better. So you try to uh, protract your shoulder blades as much as possible. Um, 
like I said previously, you don't have to uh, flex your uh, spine. Yeah, to I think accomplish I, I that. before said like slightly protect your scapulas just because many people, when they think about maximal protraction of their scapulas, they end up yeah. like, like freaking hunchback. Like you need to protract, but especially if you keep your shoulders depressed, it won't look like this. And yeah. having a neutral spine is extremely important just to have the chest working too. Like the more you're close, the more the shoulder will have to work. And it's... Uh, this is... Yeah. Yeah. Not Sorry, aesthetic. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. This is also, <laughs> uh, this is also the, the point why some people may perceive it as easier to flex your spine because they find it easier to maximally project um, it's very challenging to keep your spine neutral and protract as much as you can. So I think this is the reason why uh, some people end up with uh, doing the hunchback thing. Also, some do it for aesthetic reasons. They yeah. just like the view of uh, the this planche. Yeah. yeah okay. I so think a last point to make there maybe is the, the other example. There's people that actually are protracted and don't look like they are. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think many, many people that listen to this podcast will be like, yeah, uh, there's some very famous athletes that don't look like they don't protract at all. They are protracted. Like we're, our anatomy is different and we all are kind of different. Protraction in one athlete will look different than in other one. And uh, the important thing is they keep their shoulders down uh, and the tension up, their serratus is working, and you will see it in the planche if if that is the case. It just looks 10 times more stable. Yeah, exactly. This uh, actually is a very important uh, point for all the things uh, we talk about. Um, your anatomy is individual, so it will may look different. And uh, there is, like in a handstand, no reason to uh, freak out when uh, there is something that may look a little bit different. So when your scapular is winging a little bit, it's not a big deal. Also, when you try to keep a posterior pelvic tilt, uh, when you have uh, a slight um, lordosis in your lumbar spine, it's not a big deal either. Yeah, it's not possible for every, anyone either. So like you can't get crazy about certain details and just think about that one point, like look at the general picture um, and you will be better off yeah. in training. So we talked about protraction. Also yeah. very important is depression of your shoulder blades. So um, this is mainly because of the way the serratus anterior works. Uh, so you need to try to uh, also get your shoulder blades down and in protraction. Yeah. It's often very difficult to keep depression and protraction at the same time. So this is because uh, every time you try to go in one position maximally um, and you try to add another one, it's very difficult. Yeah. Uh, to hold them. So you have basically what you said in the beginning, you try to protract and depress as much as possible, but it will maybe a slight protraction and slight depression. Yeah. 
you you will see how you feel more stable. Like I I moved away for from giving extreme clues just because people tend to go into this position and just they they press themselves so much into that position that it leads to other problems and injuries with time. There's just a certain position that will feel more stable. And that's usually not maybe the maximum uh, on one side or the maximum on the other, but it's usually something in between that looks good, that looks stable and feels good for you too. Um, what won't feel good is being in complete elevation. It will lengthen your lever. It will make it harder. And even for some people, even though I think there's contradicting studies right now uh, lead to injuries, but I've seen it often enough in athletes that um, it led to yeah. problems just from a practical view. Yeah, this leads to of kind of uh, to paradox advice, like technique is very, very important, but also at the same time, we don't have to over uh, analyze everything and uh, force us force ourselves into positions that are may not feeling stable and comfortable For uh, you. yeah so keep those technique cues in mind apply them to your an anatomy and see how it feels and how it affects uh, your performance yeah okay Perfect. very good um, next one up the core next one up is core exactly um, so the strength demands in your abdominal area and also in your uh, lower back, uh, area in the back extensors are not very high. Um, when you, uh, can hold, uh, a simple hollow body hold, uh, laying on your back, straightening out your legs, um, or doing, uh, or laying on your stomach and elevating your legs, uh, you are strong enough to hold the position in the planche. So that's basically it. You, most of, peop uh, of the people that train calisthenics don't have to specifically uh, train core or back exercises uh, yeah. to perform them in a planche. I remember years ago, Trigger, like as soon as you saw, for example, an anterior pelvic tilt, people told you like you need to deadlift or you need to get a stronger rectus spinalis, et cetera, et cetera. It's mostly just proprioception, like understand how to engage a good posterior pelvic tilt, how to engage those glutes, how to engage the core and to core engagement. That is a big point too, especially people that squat uh, have the tendency to brace. So they brace by taking their air in and then pressing against the belly to like have almost like a swimming ring around their their core area to stay stable there this isn't a great idea for the planche um just in a planche you have to do it a bit differently it's easier to get in a posterior pelvic tilt when you actually leave all the air out so you take all the air away from the belly and then you kind of pull it in almost like vacuuming it and you've Almost from a feeling, you push it down and you push the hip down. And that will lead to so much more stability in the core area. Um, that's one of the most difficult uh, cues to understand, especially with all the things you have to think about. While you press away from the floor with most of your muscles, especially being the shoulders uh, and your arm and bust area, with the core area, you have to actually press down. And that is probably 
that is the most common mistake because it's so difficult to understand. And it's the most annoying part about yeah. pledge as well, because you press in opposite directions yeah. with different body parts, basically. Um, yeah, but this is a very important cue, which uh, also um, is important for your hips. So when you engage your glutes properly, so uh, you also get kind of a sensation where you press your hip down. So when you suck your abdominal in, like when you breathe out all the air and uh, suck your abdominal uh, area in, and brace and also strongly contract your glutes, you will uh, get a nice posterior pelvic tilt that looks very flat when you also uh, keep your hip proprioceptively down. This is what leads to, I think, the um, Italian exactly. standard line then very nice flat line where everything is uh, looks unhumanly in line. Yeah, I think that is what differentiates, uh, for example, I mean, now it's very common, but before uh, when I started training in 2012 or so, in Italy, there was already this, uh, this crazy searching for the perfect form and people started doing that. And there's two things that make this very difficult. One point we already made is just from proprioception level. The second one is you can actually just start working on it when you start extending your legs. In an advanced duck planche, pressing your hip down just doesn't feel the same than when you're in a straddle or in a one leg straddle. Yeah, but we'll talk more about this in the next episode. Yeah, this, this just gets more important when uh, you are in more advanced yeah. levels like straddle planche. Yeah. Okay. And okay. I think we, we yeah, yeah, La we also uh, started talking about uh, the hip. Mm -hmm. um, this mostly gets very important uh, when talking about the straddle planche because um, there, how your hip, uh, so if your hip is an anterior pelvic tilt or posterior pelvic tilt, also depends on how far you straddle your legs. Exactly. You can, you can try right now, just get up if you're sitting, not if you're driving, uh, wait for <laughs> that. Just get up and try to straddle your legs a tiny bit and try to go into a posterior pelvic tilt. See how that works. Probably will work if you don't straddle a lot. If you now try to straddle more and try to do the same, you will feel how the psoas doesn't want to go in that position and like your hip mobility just stops you from going into this uh, posterior pelvic tilt. Um, therefore, if you open your legs too much in a straddle planche, you won't be able to keep a posterior pelvic tilt, which leads to two things again. First of all, you will need to straddle narrow to have this perfect, beautiful line, which makes the planche more difficult at the same time. So planching with a bit more open legs and maybe a tiny bit of anterior pelvic tilt can be a step in between the, the advanced stock and the nice straddle planche. Exactly. Yeah, I think in the usual progressions, there is um, this is never mentioned, uh, mm -hmm. but it's like you said, um, most people start out with, a, a, I would say, compensated straddle planche where you have very wide straddle 
and anterior pelvic tilt and also the hips are piked a little bit so mm -hmm. the, the, those are all compensations uh to shorten the lever so you uh the mass which is pulled down by gravity is um closest to your shoulders and therefore will be easier so this is uh, how most of the people start out with their straddle planche. But there should be the goal of uh, progressing towards a narrower straddle, a posterior pelvic tilt, um, to uh, yeah, which is basically the end goal where you should say, okay, this is this is uh, the step between the yeah. uh, full planche. Exactly. The beautiful thing about learning the planche like this, and it depends from person to person how fast it works, uh, like always. For example, if you watch our YouTube video, uh, the, the straddle planche journey, uh, the planche journey of, of Patrick, for example, he's very gifted and he understood the thing with the hip very well, very quickly and could straddle right away in a posterior pelvic tilt, which led to learning the full planche extremely quickly. Once you can straddle like that with a posterior pelvic tilt, it's almost more difficult than holding a full planche just because the activation in the straddle is extremely hard to do. Uh, and you have to think about more things while in the full planche, keeping up a posterior pelvic tilt is just easier and you just need to be strong enough. Yeah, this is because uh, for your body, it's much easier when... Um when, for example, your legs are pressing together because mm -hmm. this will uh, stimulate um, uh, a signal to your brain which tells your uh, joints, uh, the joints tell your brain where they are in space. And it's yeah. uh, a lot harder uh, to know where you are in space when you have uh, a, a straddle that's in between the end position, so maximum straddle or closing the legs together and pressing uh, them together. Um, you can do a little experiment. You can close your eyes, just hold your arm to the side and um, try to uh, know where your where different angles are or just pressing to the table or some, something else, press against something. It's much easier for you to know where you are in space when something is pressing against uh, your limbs, uh, other than just telling where your arm in space is without pressing anything against it. I hope that was understandable. I think it was. <laughs> I, I can understand it, so it should be all right. Yeah, I think last point are the legs. Um, the lighter, the better, honestly. Uh, <laughs> It's just uh, especially calves. If you have big that's, calves, that's the untold secret. Yeah, the untold <laughs> secret about the planche. But I mean, it's not untold. It's like a big critique. The obvious, point. not so obvious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and having bigger legs just makes it harder, more difficult, takes more time. It's something you have to take into account. And that's that. Um, bent knees. If you tend to bend your knees, look to uh, really bring some tension into the quadriceps and your legs should be straighter right away. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all there is to the legs. Um, point your toes for a nicer aesthetic. Yeah. That um, helps too, to keep general tension. Um, it's easier to, to keep the tension in the whole leg in the quadriceps in the glutes when you actually point your toes. 
Yeah, so. exactly. But other than keeping your knees completely straight, there is uh, nothing really to keep in mind. Um, yeah, yeah. I think we we went through everything, the whole body. Um, so I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please do us the favor, comment, ask if you have any question, like, subscribe, all the fun stuff. It helps us grow. And uh, just repost it if you hear it on uh, Spotify, on Instagram, in your story. It helps us out a lot, especially since it's a growing channel and we don't have that many subscribers yet. Um, So we're motivated to do the next episode where we will tell you how to really train a planche and cut through all, sorry, the wording bullshit you find online about fast progression, one-year progressions, magic exercises that just doesn't exist. Everything that exists is consistency, hard training, smart training, thinking about what you're doing and staying injury-free. And we'll cover that in the next episode. So yeah, you can find us here on YouTube at at Stanix or on Instagram at at Stanix underscore. You can find David on Instagram. Calisthenics underscore David. Exactly. And you can find my profile on Instagram, uh, Dennis underscore Calis. As you can see, we have very, very, (laughs) a lot of fans. Very creative. Very creative. Yeah. So thanks, guys. Much appreciated. And see you next time.